conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. 16 minutes past 10 on SAFM. So uh, let's have a conversation regarding the issue of uh, those, uh, those uh, the national ra- ra- rental vacancy rate being up to 8% in the last quarter of 2022. We have uh, Waldo Marcus, who's the head of marketing at uh, the TPN Credit Bureau. Waldo, good morning. Thank you for your time. Good morning, KG, and thank you for having me on on your show today. So explain to me what do we mean when we talk about the national vacancy rate? So TPN conducts a quarterly survey where we go to property professionals across South Africa, and we understand how many of the units, either that they own or manage, is vacant at a very specific point in time. And that then determines to say we have, for instance, I have 100 units that I either manage or I own. And out of that 100, if we look at the current vacancy rate of 8.13%, it means that out of that 100, eight of those units are vacant. Um, And that is an indication, a very good indication of the health of both the rental residential rental market, but also um, how consumers are behaving around, you know, strained incomes, um, higher interest rates, higher inflation meaning that there might be units that's vacant purely because the demand is not there to take them up because people can't afford it. Or if we see the vacancy is down in a strong demand market, that there might be a lack of supply in a specific area or the flip side, there is an excess supply um, where, for instance, there's too many units um, or too many properties available and therefore the consumer can choose what they want. And that usually drives down prices as well. So vacancy is really a good indicator of, of, of two things. It's the residential rental market's health, but also it gives us an indication of um, the consumer's ability to to rent and willingness to rent. So at what point is the consideration of what is happening in the economy taking place? And does this vacancy rate, this residential, uh, you know, rental market and uh, vacancy rate issues, does it vary from province to province? Uh, does it, uh, is it in any way driven around economic activity, for example? Uh, all economic activity that filters down to the consumer, the the person that's employed, the person that runs its business, uh, that's economically active, all those factors play a part. So we, we look at it from a provincial perspective as well as a rental bracket perspective. Now, seeing that you touched on a province and how, you know each province um, behaves very differently, um, uh, um, especially post-COVID on, on vacancy rates. So for instance, if we look at the Western Cape, um, which is currently experiencing one of its lowest vacancy, vacancy rates since 2016, at 2.13%, meaning only two out of 100, or make it 2.13 out of 100 units in the Western Cape is currently vacant. Now, if we go to the extreme other side, the Eastern Cape, which saw a spike in the last quarter um, of 2022, is sitting at 17.82. So almost 18 units, 18 out of 100 units in the Eastern Cape are standing vacant. 
Now, it is not a huge surprise to us that it's a situation because the Eastern Cape has been struggling with extremely high unemployment numbers. Now, that means that people still need accommodation, but they're not signing into the formal um, residential rental market. So they might be in, in an informal area or they are subletting where it's not formalized, um, where people might not know. And we see that, for instance, unemployment plays a, a huge factor. Looking at Gauteng, um, which is the biggest residential rental market in the country, is sitting at just over 10% of properties are vacant. Now, it had a good recovery post-COVID, but it had a bit of a hockey stick towards Q4 of this year, sitting at the, that 10%, um, which is kind of expected considering we had we have semigration, people leaving Gauteng to go to KwaZulu-Natal or to the Western Cape, um, taking away the demand for properties. And we still have quite a high supply of rent, residential rental units in Gauteng. Um, but what we are seeing for, 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 for us, one of the big surprises during the vacancy survey was to see that KwaZulu-Natal continued its downward trend since the quarter one of 2021, where it peaked a little bit, and then it's now sitting just above Western Cape. So 3.26% of properties are vacant in KwaZulu-Natal, which goes against a lot of the economic and as well as, as, as natural disasters that hit that and social unrest that hit that province um, last during the course of last year and the year before that, um, is that we slightly expected it to have a better outcome in terms of um i want to say better outcome we, we would have seen a deterioration in the in the vacancy rate um but we're expecting um that the that kwazulu natal will see and start seeing an increase in vacancies going into into Q, quarter one and quarter two of the next year um although the the overall sentiment from property professionals is that the province um has the ability to absorb uh, you know the 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 um, the additional rental stock that's coming into the market, but also that there is a consumer demand for this rental stock, and therefore that their overall sentiment is, is that the market will 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 con will remain or remain robust. Uh, but we're keeping a, a close eye on how that is going to perform. Yeah. So whenever you you know you assess these performances and uh, there's an increase in the way that there was an increase in the third quarter of last year from 6.92% to 8.13%. Uh, when when you tally all of your numbers and and all of uh, the, the 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 different logics that explain it provincially, are you able to get a national picture as to what the increase then is attributed? It's very difficult to say that there's a there's and how we aggregate that information to say what is the main attributor. Um, for instance, as I said, the Western Cape is is, uh, is decreasing in its vacancies. Eastern Cape had a big spike. Um, quarter one's early indicators show that um, you know Eastern Cape is is filling up some of their space. KwaZulu Natal is not filling up their space as quickly. Western Cape is still stabilised. Um, what we over what we usually consider um when we look at these numbers is, is that they will fluctuate from quarter to quarter there is seasonality in there as well as various economic factors now if we just look look at the past couple of days what's uh, what's been announced from the south african reserve bank interest rates that go up so aggressively usually bodes well 
for the residential rental market. And the reason for that is, is that the consumer is looking at its budget, which is already under strain. The household then says, well, if I purchase a property at the current interest rate, you know, it's an extra thousand to two thousand rand a month that I need to take out um, that I just don't have that, that not budget for. So the alternative to buying property um, and being linked to the interest rates is to say, uh, let me enter a market, the residential rental market. It gives me a lot more flexibility for various reasons. And um, part of this specific survey was that we looked at why are consumers renting? So we go out to a huge tenant database and we say, why are you renting? Where are you renting? Give us some insights so that we can provide landlords and man managing agents a clear view of why am I renting? Now, 54% of, of, of those tenants indicate that I cannot afford to buy a property, therefore I'm renting. Now, that 54% says say that, and that was prior to the last interest rate hike. Um, so now considering that the Sorry, you saying, say 54% say they're renting because? They cannot afford to buy a property. Oh, wow. So an alternative to, to purchasing a property, and it's not just the bond cost rates and taxes, which we've seen is has, has increased double digits in the past couple of years. Then there's maintenance, there's insurance. So there's additional costs around around um, purchasing a property, uh, transfer duties, um, agency fees, versus if you're renting, you have a lot more control over your budget. Mm. So what we've seen is, is the consumer saying, let me go for something call it less risky or that's more predictable, which is the rental market. Um, you, can, you can negotiate your rental escalations, you can negotiate your upfront deposit payments, and it, it, it puts, uh, um, in, in uncertain times, a lot more um, uh, uh, control for, for, for a consumer to choose from. Okay. Now, sorry, and then we've got uh, flexibility to move is number two at 13.4% at say that we need the flexibility to move. So a big consideration for a tenant or a consumer is like, what happens if I get a better job opportunity Elsewhere. in another province, another city mm. where and transport costs, as you know, is, is, is increasing substantially as well as safety. So that's not another alternative that is considered. So when we look at these vacancies, we consider how people, how consumers are behaving and how they are going to take up this rental stock and what rental stock is available in the market to speak to a specific uh, segment in the market. Market, which might be um, more 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 attracted to rental properties than buying. So, in terms of where about people rent, irrespective of the the province, of course, what influences that? You know how when you buy a property, they say location, location is everything. Uh, when you buy a property, so when you rent, is you know, is it uh, you know, is it is it it's cheaper, uh, it's more convenient, it's uh, close to uh, where I work. Uh, what, what, what is the primary driver of the, of, of the rental market? Could it be money, also? There, there, there's, there's the the location, location, location will always be very important when it comes to property. Less so when when purchase, you know, less so when renting. Purchasing, it's a long-term investment, fixed asset. You need to consider what that area is going to look like in three, five, ten years. Rental is slightly different. And we ask those questions as well. And we conduct that survey and say, what is the primary factors um, 
you as a tenant consider mm. when you rent a when you rent a property. And we also then break it down to say, depending on which rental bracket you want to rent. So, you know, we, we, we can look at someone and saying, listen, if you're willing to pay more than twenty or you pay more than twenty five thousand rand a month, Ooh. which is your which is our run which is we we say is a luxury market, for them the most important consideration is security. So oh, wow. secure so property security is, is, is number one. Um, then if we look at the overall category, so we look at anyone that pays from less than 3,000 all the way to 25,000. Mm -hmm. And almost, um, almost all of those rental brackets indicate that price. When they look at a rental property, they look at price first. Um, interesting enough, those sitting paying between three and four and a half thousand is 60% of them say is most important consideration is price. Second to that is security. Then very interesting is that on, on number three is pet friendly. Is the prop does the property allow me mm -hmm. to have a pet? Mm -hmm. And and again, the higher the rental bracket, the higher that consideration would be. So people paying between twelve and uh, twenty five thousand indicated that being pet friendly is very very important to us. Um, you know, we've we've all been through hard lockdown and. And, you know, there's, there's, there's always a need to have someone around. And if you can't have someone around, a pet makes a great companion. Um, then, of course, the space and the property size is number fourth consideration. And then the fifth consideration is distance to work. Okay. Now, this is another interesting trend where we see the lower rent, um, part of the rental market would consider distance to work more important than those with higher rental brackets. Hmm. Um, and that speaks, of course, if I have to take a portion of my salary that is already restricted, pay rental, I do not want to then pay high transport costs. So mm. it needs to be close to work and amenities, et cetera. Um, and then we have open fields where we say what other considerations is important and then lifestyle and access to to uh, services, good education and schools becomes yeah. important. Marcus, can I, ask for can, can I ask for your indulgence to pause a bit uh, because I have to go to news headlines, but I also have some questions from our listeners. Uh, for example, I want you to apply your mind to uh, one question that just came through on, on WhatsApp where I'm being asked you to comment on the rent-to-buy market. Uh, you know, how easy is it uh, to get into renting for the purposes of later buying a property. So please, can I ask for five more minutes? But for now, can I quickly go to news headlines? Normalizo Mandela is standing by. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Welcome back. Just in case you just joined us, we've been in conversation with uh, Waldo Marcus, the head of marketing at TPN Credit Bureau. You ask yourself why? Because we're talking about the national rental vacancy rate being up to 8% in the last quarter of 2022. We had a question on WhatsApp, Marcus, where somebody was asking, uh, you know, to hear a bit about the rent to buy market. Uh, KG, this is a very interesting question. And, um, your, you know, I hope I can answer it correctly for your for your listeners. So they, they, we, we look at two aspects. We've got the rent to buy and then the buy to lease. The buy to lease is if you want to become an investor and you then um, use that property um, uh, to generate rental income as well as capital growth. But if we look at the rent to buy, that is where I'm a, I'm a tenant. I enter the market with the, with the intention uh, to uh, purchase the property. Um, there is... A couple of models that is that's been introduced uh, 
relatively new to the market is where you do enter into a purchasing agreement. So you do buy, you, you do indicate upfront that you want to buy the property, but currently you cannot access a bond and all the risk is high. The rental is then a portion of that's then allocated towards the purchasing price um, to the buyer. Um, and a portion of that is for the day-to-day -day running cost, um, for, as I said, rates and taxes, uh, maintenance, etc. After a certain period, the property is then revalued re at current market prices, and the portion of money that has been paid to to the landlord or to the owner of that property is then deducted. The balance is then is then used to be to to bond um, uh, uh, to uh, apply for a bond or if the person have cash then that's a cash sale. That is a model. There is um, another model where where it is that you um, actually fix the the purchase price um, of the property at a, you know not at current value at future value and you then start paying towards that. Um, towards the landlord, a portion of that then goes towards the landlord. Now, those models are still very new and they're not um, around. What I, I, what we usually suggest in situations like this is if you have an intention to purchase the property, speak to your landlord mm. um, or the managing agents immediately and say, listen, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure about the area or um, you know what I really can afford, but I can afford your rental and I would like to purchase this property and then have an upfront discussion with them. Okay. Understanding. Sorry, yes. No, go on. Understanding. Understanding that this market is 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 people purchase these properties and if, if they have a good tenant in place and that tenant is paying their rental every month and you are that tenant um, to 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 they and to then say listen I want to purchase the property you're going to pay an inflated price for it so in in it, in it when it comes to moving into the same property it becomes a little bit more difficult unless you know the landlord wants to or the owner or in, in, investor wants to say I want to part with my property do you want to buy and then it's usually based on the current market value mm. um, it's in very rare occasions that they will consider the the rental that they receive because they see that as 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 an income or reward for having that property on their name mm -hmm. um but I, I do believe as we as we see the the way property is consumed in South Africa and how people see that as a wealth creator, that these alternative models are going to come up and sh and and show up where we say for for a period I can only afford rental, but a portion of that is going towards purchasing the property one day because I do want to purchase it. I do want to invest in property long term. Mm. I'm just not in a financial position right now. Okay. We also have a, a voice note for you, uh, uh, Marcus. Let's hear what they had to say. Hi, this is KG. Um, talking about property, um, I'm a property owner and business. Um, I have a company that deals with investment or property. So I just want to find out from you, you guessed the why is it that lately uh, most of the rents are uh, rentals or most of the tenants they prefer to deal with the uh, landlord uh, than the agent seems like there's a long process with the agents or they're robbing them somewhere uh, for renting out properties like we are the landlord but most of our tenants when you visit the, the site they'll tell you they prefer to deal with you than the agents and the other thing, is it advisable for fixed uh, 
uh, payment of the loan uh, or the flex you want when you're buying property. So please help. Gwena here in Bulugwan. Hi, KG. I'm a homeowner and I'm looking at renting out one room in my house due to the fact that the city of Cape Town has just sent evaluation, evaluating the property at over 1.7 million. It's a ridiculous amount for a 110 square meter and we're not getting proper services. The deadline was on the 31st of March, but we only received the valuation on the 30th, 31st of March in the mail. And as far as renting of other people that I know, they can't afford to buy because of the age. They're over 40 or 50. And so the repayments to the bank that is unaffordable. So they're looking at renting. Okay, uh, Waldo, do you, I'm, I'm hoping that you heard uh, both those uh, comments and or questions to you. Do you want to respond? Uh, I did. And it's it's really two, two fascinating questions. I'm going to start with the 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 person that's a landlord and he's commented around the landlord versus it, um, the agent mm -hmm. um and it, it's it, i want to position it as follow the the your your property um professional agent they specialize in it and and because we work so closely with these agents there is we understand the amount of learning and education that goes into understand the latest legislation and the uh, in an industry that's heavily regulated so they they bring with them a level of expertise that some tenants prefer dealing with and also they become a a, a neutral person in the relationship some would prefer dealing directly with the landlord because they want to build that relationship with a landlord especially um, if they for instance want to purchase the property but they also just feel it's more efficient in some cases so they both have pros and cons um, when it comes to to if you've got a portfolio of a couple of properties and they distribute it across the country it just makes sense to deal with a a, a, a property agency that specialize in managing the managing in it because they have economies of scale they've built these efficiencies um, they don't have to reinvent the wheel and they have a network as a landlord uh, if you, especially if you're a startup landlord and you've got four or five properties it becomes more difficult you mm. don't necessarily know the market how do i price these properties right mm. um, and and again you know if you if you if you go to a doctor you go to a specialist if you if you want to get the right treatment um, and and we always say is you as a property investor need to look at what is your strategy for your uh, for your property portfolio um, you know are you looking at ensuring that you grow it um, and that it is you it's diverse um, then the the managing agents can add, will and can add huge value to your property and also free up your time to focus on, on on raising capital to expand your business and expand your portfolio overall the mm. second part of the question was around is it you know look at we're looking at bonds do we fix it or we keep it flexi yeah now that i cannot give an opinion on but these are the considerations when you sit with your bank 
they will they take in various factors um, to to predict and say if you if you have a fixed rate it's going to be at twelve uh, percent if you flexi it's prime minus one or two percent and they they have that in there to un because they understand and they have done their research and they have the data to make certain predictions in in the economic environment in which we function now of course no one for instance expected COVID no one expected the 2009 financial crash. So there is certain shocks that banks just cannot work in. The upside about having a fixed rate is that you can budget accordingly. Irrespective if interest rates go up and down, you know your bond repayment is X. However, if you want to, and if you have the ability to say, oh, if it goes up by a certain amount of basis points, I can afford up to a certain point. Um, so therefore, I'll take the risk because the upside is if the if the prime interest rate lending rate drops, I'm going to see the upside of it. This is a you know it's a 10 to 20 year commitment these bonds, and it's really about how do you want to budget. And again, comes back to what's your investment strategy. On smaller smaller bonds, I would I would say you know, keep it flexible because uh, a couple of basis points up or down doesn't make a huge difference. But if it is a rather large investment, consider that you you can plan your cash flow better when it comes to a fixed rate. Uh, your the other caller uh, made a very very interesting point um, around the age of people and how they you know how they what they consider when when renting and they just not they buying because they just cannot cannot afford it yeah and the um, age and, factor and of course the age the age factor and that mm. is one of the one of the very interesting pieces um, of research that we included in our tenant survey um, and and we say that and we look at age groups above 60 percent um, we've seen that they say they they don't want to have the debt or they cannot afford to have debt, and political uncertainty is um, one of the one of the top raters um, indicating by these tenants to say why are you renting? So again, it comes back to I don't want debt. I don't, I don't you know I cannot afford to have debt at the age above sixty. Political uncertainty. And then one that popped out to saying renting is cheaper than buying. Understanding that at the age of, of 60, you have, you know, you're going into pension. Your pension does not keep up with inflation mm. um, statistically. And, and we've seen that in, in, in various data points. Yet your interest rates are dynamic and is above inflation and will remain above inflation. So there is a certain point where people just say it's actually cheaper to, to rent than to buy a property, considering yeah. all these other additional expenses which is uh, is growing at above inflation rates. Yeah. Um, so that was a very very interesting question. And then, a home to to rent out a room, um, if if it helps you supplement your income, go for it. Yeah. Please ensure that you have a legally compliant lease agreement, and a TPN offers a, a, a offers a very affordable um, lease agreement that makes sure that every aspect is is covered, and um, that can be found on the TPN shop website or TPN Credit Bureau homepage. Um, to please have the right lease agreement in place, that is what's going to manage your relationship with that tenant, especially if they live within your uh, in your space. If you have a room inside your house, make sure that you have that lease agreement in place, even if it's just for a, a three, for four, just five one month room. period. Yeah.
even if it's just one room. Yeah. So let, let, let's round off by uh, telling people where they can read this survey, whether they're renters or they're landlords, if they're keen on reading it. So we have quite a we have a couple of sources on our website of tpn.co.za, and under media we publish uh, the vacancy survey as well as the TPN residential rental monitor, um, and they both provide deep insights into the residential commer- and commercial uh, property market in South Africa. So what rentals are doing, um, we specifically look at good standing, and good standing is where is we we track how tenants pay their rental. Um, so uh, that's what we specialize in is to say, if you if I place a tenant, is this tenant good or bad? How mm. have they paid their rental in other properties or are they abusing the system and going from property to property and, and, and banking on the landlords to, 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 okay. to provide them with all these space? So they can go there and those service and, and, the, and the vacancy survey as well as the rental monitors are a free resource uh, to consumers. Thank you, Waldo. Thank you so much uh, for the time that you afforded us. Waldo Marcus is head of marketing at uh, the TPN Credit Bureau. We come back to discuss the pros and the cons when it comes to the administration of your estate with Lionel Makokotela, the founder of uh, Financial Wise Corner. It's 1046.